the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Robert Mugabe is done in Zimbabwe. His, his party voting today to remove the dictatorial strongman, even as he languishes under house arrest at the behest of the military. Mugabe will apparently not be missed. We have the right to march everywhere that we want without any interference. And it happened, and people are happy. So the final nail is we have to free our country now. Everyone should be happy, should go about his business doing whatever they want. This is what the soldiers wanted, and they have helped us. So we are happy for them for what they did for us. President Donald Trump doesn't know who to believe about sexual misconduct allegations involving Roy Moore, but isn't campaigning for his party's Senate candidate in Alabama because of discomfort with the claims made by a number of women, aides said earlier today. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas says freedom to pray is a must. If more Christians would push these things instead of backing down and thinking they're being nice, you're not being nice to all the people that are depending on you to do the right thing. To do the right thing, you're going to benefit everybody in the country uh, because everybody in the country, whether they know it or not, they want freedom. They want real freedom. And if you can't pray, that's a lack of freedom. It's ridiculous. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnight at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Coming up next is the best and longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's the Northern Alliance Radio Network with the closer, Brad Carlson, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. But first, we're going to take a look at your weather forecast from the Benjamin Franklin Plumbing of the Center. Today, a high of 41 degrees and mostly sunny skies, a high of 50 degrees tomorrow. And the temperature drops all the way to 29 on Tuesday. So make sure you make the best of the temperatures we've got. For next, it's the NARM with Brad Carlson right here on AM Twitter, The Patriot. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the program. I'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning into the broadcast. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we're here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also text your comments or questions to 651-243-0390. And you can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. Ah, I think we ought to let this opening theme play a couple seconds longer anyways. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, we have a couple of different opens, one by ACDC, the other by Huey Lewis in the News. 
Excited to go with ACDC today because uh, we learned uh, Malcolm Young, one of the co-founders of the long-running band, probably been around about four decades. Uh, Malcolm Young died yesterday at the age of 64. Uh, I know I'd heard he'd been in some, he'd had some health problems for quite some time. I think a few years ago it was announced that he was receiving treatment for dementia. Uh, so difficult, uh, difficult time for the band, of course. And then Brian Johnson, who you're hearing singing lead vocals. Amazingly enough, he had vocal cord issues. I, I can't imagine why that would be. It's not like he belts it out every single tune, right? <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, did at least want to give a hat tip to uh, uh, the band ACDC and uh, obviously Malcolm Young again passing away yesterday at age 64. I do want to get to uh, the news from this past week. Uh, I, I've i probably said it prior weeks, and it, it hasn't stopped being true for some time that recently anyways, when I'm reading some of the headlines of the day and the accompanying news stories to these headlines, I feel like I need to take a shower afterwards. Or I feel like if I'm going to go into Twitter to look at some of the political news, I need to uh, maybe don a hazmat suit. Uh, and, of course, I'm talking specifically about some of the... Uh, activities, indiscretions that have come to light, particularly in the genre of the entertainment industry as well as politics, of some very high-profile men uh, and their indiscretions, whether it be sexual assault, unwanted advances. There's even been some allegations in the case of Kevin Spacey 30 years ago where he uh, uh, molested a boy who was age 14 at the time, uh, there's also been some revelations that uh, Charlie Sheen, when he was starring in the movie Lucas with Corey Haim, Charlie Sheen was in his 20s, Corey Haim was like 12 or 13, and there was allegations that he, I think, uh, assaulted, sexually assaulted Corey Haim. Just just disgusting things that are coming out. And I, I've, I've said also that this seems like is the beginning of the bottoming out, that we have to completely bottom out and these disgusting individuals be held to account or maybe they've gone on to lead exemplary lives and they're generally genuinely remorseful and again that's obviously up to the american public to decide whether they want to see any of these people in any of these areas anymore whether it be entertainment or or politics and i bring this up of course in light of the story that uh came to uh the forefront this past week of course, our very own U.S. Senator out of here, out of Minnesota, Al Franken, uh, it was revealed that he groped uh, Leanne Tweeden, who was a reporter at the time. Back in uh, 2006, Leanne Tweeden was accompanying Al Franken and other people on a USO tour. Now, of course, Franken, this was two years before he was elected senator, but he was a political uh, commentator, talk radio host on uh, Dead Air America. I mean, I'm sorry, Ed Air America. Uh, and this he, it was very obvious he was making the transition from uh, from being a comedian, from being a satirist, a humorist, whatever, uh, to political commentary and then take the next logical step to elected office. And it was rumored for some time that he was going to move back here to Minnesota because he was a big uh, admirer of Paul Wellstone, and then when Paul Wellstone was killed in the airplane crash a few weeks before the 2002 midterm elections, and then Norm Coleman was subsequently elected, uh, apparently it's been it's been talked about that that stuck in Franken's craw that a Republican 
was in Paul Wellstone's seat, so he sought to move back to Minnesota, you know, basically carpetbagging. You know, he, he, I guess, went to high, he grew up here and left in, I think, the late 60s after he graduated high school and moved on with his life, but yet we're supposed to believe he's a native Minnesotan, but uh, whatever, that's a whole other issue entirely. And I, I'll just be honest, hearing these allegations against Al Franken, well, first of all, groping Leanne Tweeden, that's not an allegation. That is proven by the disgusting photo that had circulated where they were on a uh, military aircraft either to or from Afghanistan, and obviously it had been a long, exhausting tour. Leanne Tweeden in military gear was asleep, and there's a picture of Al Franken with his hands on her breasts. But in some of the uh, lame defenses of Al Franken says, well, his left hand, you could see kind of a shadow between his left hand and her and her and her and her breast there. So he's not actually groping her with that hand. Oh, OK. That makes it all OK, I guess. I, I mean, come on. There's no way to dismiss this as anything but uh, a just a, just a, a disgusting t- photo op. And by the way, who was taking the photo and who circulated these and and. That that's the one thing I want to know, is how how all this got set up and whose idea this was. It's just yeah beyond disgusting. But uh, our fr- you know friend of the show David Strom, you know David Strom, of course, formerly the uh, Taxpayers League. A lot of you listeners may know David Strom. Uh, he wrote this on Facebook yesterday, and kind of cleaning it up because you know he used some words that you can't use on the air. But uh, basically, he talked about uh, you know I know I should be jumping up and down hopping mad at Al Franken, but to be honest, I always thought he was a a-hole. The things he said about gay people were just awful, and his general behavior and demeanor always made him unfit for public office, in my opinion. So instead, I shrug. Whatever made anybody think Franken wasn't a total jerk, I'll use a more polite word than David used, you know, because he is so liberal? As if your political ideology says anything about your personal behavior? I got news for you, it doesn't. And David Strom perfectly encapsulated what I felt. I, You know, this is what we were talking about during the 2008 election cycle. And every time Al Franken's disgusting uh, skits, humor, writings, whatever, were brought to the forefront, his excuse was always dismissed. It was like, well, I, 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 I'm a satirist. I'm a satirist. That, that's what I do. That's my career. I'm a satirist. I'm a comedian. I'm a satirist. You know, he just dismissed it as being a you know humorous comedian satirist. Uh, you know, we're supposed to just ignore the uh, Playboy article he wrote where he uh, concocted this uh, this story about Leslie Stahl being raped. You know, Leslie Stahl, she of CBS, you know, being raped or just other. Uh, and when he did go out and talk in the political realm, you know, he was a avid uh, left entertainer. He would go out and kind of be the uh, the main attraction, you know, to raise money for liberal politicians, even though he was still in character. But there were times he let the clown mask slip. And I still remember specifically, well, a couple of different rallies or conferences where he would talk about the Republicans being so effing shameless, just going off on Republicans, and I hate bleeping Republicans, and they're so bleeping shameless, and... And all this sort of thing. Or he was notorious for being very thin-skinned. I mean, he was more than willing to have a joke at the expense of other people. But if it was ever turned around on him, he was very thin-skinned. I mean, Michael, our very own Michael Medved, who's heard 
a nationally syndicated radio host, is heard on these very airwaves every weekday from 2 to 5. And an appearance, I think it was at the State Fair, he, Al Franken basically threw a chair at Michael Medved because he got so angry with Medved over who knows what. So the guy's always been thin-skinned. The guy's always been unfit for office. This is what we were trying to tell people during the OA campaign, but people were just dismissing it. You know, it's like, well, you know, I, you, you don't get it. He's a, he's a uh, you know, again, he's a comedian. It's all done within the context of comedy. Well, okay, so what was the photo all about? He, he flat out admitted that that photo was all trying to be funny. Well, I, I look back now and I realize it isn't funny. Okay, so, so what, what was it, Al Franken, the funny things that you did that were meant to be funny that are no longer funny now, but yet, uh, and then the, and then the uh, skits or bits that are still funny? I mean, can, can we compartmentalize them a little bit? And Kerry Pickett wrote a great piece of the Daily Caller this past week. And I remember this. I remember the footage of this after Al Franken was endorsed at the DFL convention in 2008. Uh, here's his quote. Uh, the thing that I said and wrote, sent a message to some of my friends in this room and the people in this state that they can't count on me to be a champion for women and for all people of Minnesota in this campaign and in the Senate. I'm sorry for that because, darn it, I'm smart enough. I'm good. No, he didn't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But he, he apologized for that. And then you got applause, and apparently we're supposed to move on with it. Well, in his recent book, Al Franken, Giant of the Senate, Franken later admitted, eh, you know what, I, I, I probably shouldn't apologize. I probably should not have apologized. And uh, here is the uh, New York Times book review, uh, their review of the book. And again, this is linked in Kerry Pickett's uh, DailyCaller.com uh, piece. Uh, Al Franken, giant of the Senate, is in part the story of how Franken became a giant phony, how he pretended to be a serious person in public even as his inner comic monologue never stopped running. He recalls during that 2008 campaign he was attacked for such transgressions as a late-night writer's room joke about raping Leslie Stahl and a 2000 Playboy article entitled Pornorama. Ha-ha. That just makes you purple in the face with laughter, doesn't it? Anyhow, Franken didn't think he should have to apologize for the cracks which his opponents were taking out of context. Uh, To say I was sorry for writing a joke was a sellout to my career, uh, to sell out who I'd been my entire life, he writes. And I wasn't sorry that I had written Pornorama or pitched that stupid Leslie Stahl joke at 2 in the morning. I was just doing my job. Okay, well, uh, you're just doing your job there. What about, uh, you know, you're, you're... you got the clown nose on all the time. You're always on stage, right, Al Franken? So when you're putting your hands over a woman's breast and got that big, stupid smile on your face, uh, what? Just uh, that, that, why are you apologizing for that? This is who you are, right? This is what you do. This is your career. You're just doing your job, right? So, so why are we apologizing for that? So, you know, I'm with my, my good friend David Straub. I, none of this surprises me when this came out because this is who this guy was. We were trying to tell you people who this was. And I remember in 2008... Uh, after Norm Coleman, after Election Day, Norm Coleman had a slight lead in the Senate race, but it was less than, like, 0.5%, whatever the threshold is to trigger an automatic recount, so a recount was triggered. And they looked for volunteers in each county to come uh, count ballots and oversee the county workers doing the recount. So there were two county workers on one side of the table, and on the other side of the table was a Coleman supporter and a Franken supporter. So my wife and I went to the Anoka County building, and we helped volunteer with the recounts for a couple of days. 
And I was sitting next to, there were, and of course I worked at multiple tables throughout the day because there were, you know, thousands of ballots to count. And I sat next to a Franken supporter, of course, at each one. And every time I sat next to a Franken supporter, I would look at them. And inside I was thinking of that Tom Smakowski, remember he of Office Space? Every time, uh, what, what was that? Uh, what was that line he said when he was talking with the two Bobs there? Do you remember that, Brandon? Uh, got, you got that handy. What the hell is wrong with you people? Yeah, every time, every time I sat next to a Franken supporter, that was what I was yelling inside. And of course, we all know the nightmare uh, that happened. He ended up uh, uh, there was a court challenge to the recount, and he ended up uh, prevailing, and he was certified as as senator and somehow reelected in 2014. And because, you know, he is a, a, a champion for women's rights, it was okay that there were some women in the past that were kind of, uh, uh, well, some women that were described in the, in the Bill Clinton era as collateral damage. Okay. So my thing is there is really nothing to be gained. In fact, I believe it's a detriment to the Democrats to circle the wagons around Al Franken. I'll get to that when we come back in the next segment. And we'll take your phone calls as well. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can text comments or questions. 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag NAR and hashtag N-A-R-N. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer, right here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Are you smart? Smarter than the sixth grade honor student highlighted on that crooked bumper sticker you just passed? Then you're probably already a Smart Club member with Standard Heating. Standard Heating Smart Club is the most affordable way to maintain your heating and cooling equipment year-round. Standard Heating's Nate certified technicians make regular visits to help you identify and prevent potential problems. As a Smart Club member, you get priority status in an emergency, and you're eligible for Saturday and evening appointments. Plus, if you ever need a repair, you'll save 10%. No matter the age of your equipment, Standard Heating offers a variety of options to make it easy on your budget. Getting stuck without heat is not a story you want to recall at your family's holiday dinner. So join the Standard Heating Smart Club, and then you can create your own bumper sticker honoring your intelligence. For complete details, visit standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. Do you need to catch up on your life savings and investments? Do you know that right now we are very likely in the first year of a new bull market? William O'Neill, editor of the Investor's Business Daily and author of many great stock trading books, has said that the most money is made in the first year of a new bull market. My family has believed this and experienced it for many generations. I'm David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've taught our family methods of stock trading and investing in most of the major cities around the nation for many years with the goal of having many of our clients trade for a living. You don't have to do that unless you want to fire your boss, but wouldn't it be great to take the confusing world of investing and find it understandable, even simple and fun? That is what can happen when you attend a Tradeway event called Step and Start Your Journey. You'll learn how the stock market works, how to spot patterns, how to know when to buy and sell a stock, how to even know how to pick your own stocks, and when it might be better to stay in cash. 
You'll leave the event more confident in your family's financial future and secure in Tradeway's ability to support you along the way. You can bring your entire family for only $99.95. Plus, you'll receive an extra ticket to bring a friend. And at the end of the two days, if you don't love it, you can get your money back. Doesn't get better than that. So come take your first step to financial freedom and attend our live two-day event called Step One, Start Your Journey. Coming to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Floyd and Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Thanks for tuning in today. I am closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show every Saturday from 9 to 11 a.m. and also replayed Sundays on AM 1440 from 9 to 11 a.m. Yeah, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg heard on these very airwaves on Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. here on AM 1280 The Patriot. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. I'm the closer, closing out weekend programming every Sunday from 2 to 3. Hey, thanks for all, thanks as always for tuning in. And here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content. Thanks, as always, again, for checking out the show. Uh, continuing uh, the the uh, revelations that Al Franken uh, groped uh, reporter Leanne Tweeden. Uh, she was a, uh, I think she was a radio host, news reporter at the time, accompanying Al Franken and other folks on this USO tour in 2006. This is when Franken was an Air America radio host, but he was attempting to kind of distance himself from his uh, quote-unquote comedy, disgusting comedy and, and satirism as it was, and try to get into the foray of politics and take over the Senate seat of his hero, Paul Wellstone. Well, here's what I don't understand. Why, why Democrats are even bothering to circle the wagons and rally around Al Franken and, and, and show support for Al Franken of keeping him in the Senate? There's, you know, people are going to say, well, he apologized and, uh, you know, he, he does so. I mean, the legislation that he helps sponsor and, and co-sponsor and supports and advocates for uh, is, is really, really important to women. So uh, because he's apologized, because Leanne Tweeden has accepted his apology, it's all good. It's all good. And, and, and. Unlike Roy Moore, Al Franken has at least admitted to what he's done, because Roy Moore, of course, is the Senate Republican Senate candidate out of Alabama, the, the special election coming up next month. And Roy Moore has been, uh, it's been revealed that he often propositioned teenage girls, some as young as 14 years old when he was in his 30s. And again, these are all allegations at, these, at this point. It's a bunch of he said, she said. However, Roy Moore has not exactly covered himself in glory in defending himself. And a lot of these young ladies who, well, are now in their third or now in their forties, some even in their early fifties, that have come forward, uh, their stories check out and they're very believable. 
And again, uh, there's no upside for them to come out and fabricate these stories. And this is something that's been somewhat of an open secret in Alabama, and it's finally coming out against Roy Moore. But yeah, he hasn't admitted to these things. But but people are saying, well, Al Franken at least admitted to what he did. Uh, well, no, he actually didn't. I mean, he admitted to the photograph because, well, it's kind of hard to refute photographic evidence, right? Pretty clear what he was doing in that photograph with, with Leanne Tweeden. But Leanne Tweeden also went on to say that uh, he wanted to rehearse a kiss for a skit they were going to do. And she wasn't interested in doing that, and he was very insistent upon it. And now the story goes is that he basically grabbed the back of her head and gave her a pretty uh, disgusting kiss. Use your imagination. I don't really care to describe it. All right? You can go out there and, and find it anywhere on any of the stories talking about this online. But Al Franken's come out and says, well, I, 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 don't, remember, I don't remember that the way Leanne remember, remembers that. But, uh, you know, for the picture, I apologize. So, no, Al Franken has not admitted to wrongdoing. Okay, Leanne Tweeden said he went a lot further than just the picture where he's groping her while she's asleep. So, no, he hasn't. So, so let's get rid of that chanting point first and foremost. And secondly, I, there's really no, nothing really for the Democrats to gain by keeping Al Franken around. Because when he was elected certified, he was a 60th vote, 60th Democrat in the Senate, which was huge because then it meant the Senate Democrats could ram through whatever they want for when they were going through health care reform, health insurance reform. And therefore, there was only 40 Republicans that could stop debate. Well, you need at least 41 to cut off debate, and the Republicans couldn't. So Al Franken was, was kind of a useful idiot. He was the caucus's you know, pro- progressive uh, rubber stamp. And he was pretty much a church mouse during the eight years of Obama. Well, now, he's of no use to them. I mean, because think about it. If Al Franken were to resign, the Democrat governor of the state, Mark Dayton, would obviously appoint someone on an interim basis at least as equally progressive as Al Franken. And then a special election would take place sometime next year during the uh, during the midterms, which as of right now look very favorable to Democrats. And then you could get, if it's not the same uh, person who's filling the Senate seat on an interim basis, certainly another progressive to be elected, and you have... This, uh, essentially the same rubber stamp for the at least the next three years because Franken's uh, actual term is not up until 2020. But again, there'd be a special election next year to fill the seat, but for the at least the next year, someone would fill on an interim basis. So why Democrats are choosing to circle the wagons around Al Franken makes no sense. And Kyle Smith covered this, I thought, uh, very well at National Review, where he said, uh, yes, as the Senate circles the wagons around Franken, it's liberals and Democrats who should be angry, not Republicans. To Republicans, it's Thanksgiving come early. It makes no difference to the Republican policy agenda whether Franken or some other generic liberal Democrat holds that seat. If Franken remains, Roy Moore's chances of victory in Alabama increase. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but we'll go with it. That's what Kyle Smith uh, contends. Uh, Anyways, it makes... It makes it too easy for Republicans in Alabama to say, whoa, wait a minute, we're supposed to end the career of Roy Moore, a legend in this state, when Democrats won't expel Franken? Why should we agree to unilateral ethics enforcement? Should Moore make it to the Senate, Democrats will be able to cast Republicans as the party of sex creeps only if they expel Franken. Every time Moore's name is mentioned, the response will be, oh, what about Al Franken? And by the way, what about uh, Bill Clinton and Ted Kennedy? 
True, in a certain sense, this isn't fair. What Moore did, uh, what Moore probably did, is worse than what Frank had admitted doing. But politics isn't fair. Whataboutism and crying hypocrisy aren't very strong moral arguments, but they're easy to make and they're emotionally satisfying. And a photograph of obvious wrongdoing simply carries more salience than a verbal allegation, even if the allegation is credible and even if the behavior alleged is worse than that seen in the photo. So for all those indignant saying, well, look at all these leftist politicals that have come out and condemned Al Franken, but you Republicans can't even come out and, and condemn Roy Moore. Well, first of all, uh, pretty much every elected senator, Republican senator, has come out and said, you know what, I was hesitant for Roy Moore's candidacy before, now I'm out. Or there have even been some that have supported Roy Moore and said, you know what, can't do it anymore. These, these allegations, uh, there's some veracity to them. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I, I believe the young ladies and what they're saying it's backed up by some pretty uh, solid evidence, solid reporting and investigation. Can't support Roy Moore. Can't do it. So, again, that's another chanting point that's destroyed here. Yeah, uh, Republican officials, senators, have come out and specifically said Roy Moore needs to step aside. But for sure, they're not supporting his candidacy anymore. The National Republican Senatorial Committee, not, not fundraising for him, not doing anything on his behalf anymore. Not even President Trump is doing anything for him. And by the way... Just kind of an aside, President Trump supported Luther Strange in the Republican primary for the Alabama Senate race, and Strange ended up being defeated by Moore. You would think, as much as President Trump likes to draw attention to himself and pat himself on the back for accomplishments, even if they don't necessarily have to do with anything that he has done, you would think that he would tout that a little more, where he'd say, hey, well, told you so, I supported Luther Strange in the primary, and look what we got, Roy Moore, told you so. I, I I just I, I have to I given the reputation that Trump has had being since being in office, I'm shocked he hasn't taken the opportunity to do that. To kind of say, told you so. Yeah, again, that's a that's an aside from what I'm talking about here, but it's just kind of something I've thought about. Uh when we come back, uh the Democrats kind of making it a little untenable. They're kind of sending mixed signals here where they want they finally want that day of reckoning for Bill Clinton, but yet they're still standing beside Frank and again Something else that just doesn't make sense here. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also uh, reach out to me via Twitter. Just use hashtag N-A-R-N. Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Have pain you can't ignore? Then try first-in-class relief from Salon Pass. Salon Pass Pain Relief Patches have everything you need in one clinically proven solution. They're the strongest label pain reliever available without a prescription. Safely relieving pain for up to 12 hours. And Salon Pass is the first and only FDA-approved OTC topical pain reliever. For first-in-class relief, get Salon Pass Pain Relief Patches in the green box with a blue wave. When you're hiring, you want qualified candidates fast, and it can be hard to know where to find them. More than 3 million businesses use Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Whether you need entry-level or highly skilled employees, Indeed helps you find great talent and make the right hire. Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to give their first job post premium visibility as a sponsored job. Redeem this offer at Indeed.com promo. That's Indeed.com promo. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. 
The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. They were able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off $15,000 in 18 months. It's a godsend. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Are you looking? to change your cleaning service? Hi, this is Jessica Carter, and I'm the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is meet with you, do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week. We'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC professionals, and we would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651-404-0132. TheFishTwinCities.com is home to the best in today's Christian music, the best melodies, the top artists, and the greatest message. Listen on thefishtwincities.com and with the free mobile app. The Fish Twin Cities, safe for the whole family. Welcome back, AM 1280 Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the program. I'd like to have the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Again, check out my blog, bradcarlson.org. And here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also use Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N, if you'd like to discuss any of the items that I've been talking about on the show today. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. A programming note, and Brandon, this is uh, for you, too. I will be out next Sunday. My friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, will be filling in for me on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So in case I forget to do so, I hope you all have a blessed week this week and a uh, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday with you and your family. And don't read any stupid, moronic, idiotic, BuzzFeed, Salon, Vox pieces about how to deal with your such and such, whether it's Trump supporting relative, NRA supporting relative, you know, during Thanksgiving holiday. Stop that. Okay. But again, that's how you got Trump elected because people didn't like to be uh, lectured during a holiday meal. So just just a uh, just a word of friend, just a friendly word of advice, I guess. So I was talking about uh, the Al Franken situation the past couple of segments and why it makes zero sense for the Democrats to rally around him, even though, you know, he has apologized. Leanne Tweeden has accepted his apology. Uh, has she accepted his apology for the thing he didn't admit to? He said he didn't remember the way she remembered uh, rehearsing for the skit. You know, she alleged that he grabbed her by the back of the head and laid on a big, disgusting kiss on her, and she felt like she needed to gargle after that. Uh, so, I mean, did she accept his 
did she accept his, did she forgive him for that, even though he didn't apologize for that? Because he didn't admit to doing that. He said he remembered it differently, which says, you know, I didn't remember it the way you did, but he kind of gave the old, I'm sorry if you were offended type of apology, you know, the old non-apology apology. Well, the reason it doesn't make any sense for Democrats to rally around him, people, whether it be political, you know, actual elected officials or supporters of Democrats and, and, and progressives, is now there's this, amazingly, this, this call for a reckoning for Bill Clinton's behavior. Isn't it amazing that all of a sudden they want to hold Bill Clinton to account for his, for the, his accusers? You know, whether it be Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey, Juanita Broderick, for various indiscretions Bill Clinton had, whether it was flat-out rape, in this case of Anita Broderick, or Kathleen Willey when she visited the White House. Uh, Bill Clinton took her hand and tried to make her touch his, uh, you know. Ah, man, I'm going to need a shower after this, this show. I'm so, I, I apologize, folks, but this is what we're bombarded with in the news, and it is relevant. So if... They want this reckoning for Bill Clinton because now it's a lot of armchair quarterbacking, second-guessing, Monday morning quarterbacking, if you will. Well, you know, Bill Clinton probably should have resigned. Had he resigned in disgrace after finding out about, after some of these indiscretions really came to light, all of a sudden you may not have such high-profile men as, as Harvey Weinstein or, or Al Franken or others uh, committing the atrocities they do because then they look at the the leader of the free world and like oh my gosh if these kind of activities could bring down the leader of the free world whoa uh, yeah what's this I I, sh- I certainly am not going to be able to get away with these for much longer okay I'm not saying it would have eradicated every single indiscretion that has ever taken place where a woman in a vulnerable position is shamed into silence or threatened into silence or coerced into silence or is used as collateral damage. Not saying it would have eradicated all those cases, but would it have thwarted some? I, I have a hard time believing it wouldn't have. But here's 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 kind of the corner that they these progressives have painted themselves into. If now you're saying, "Hey, Bill Clinton should have resigned," well, you have this golden opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. Here is a high-profile elected progressive in the Senate, and some people, some progressives, to their credit, have demanded his resi- Al Franken's resignation. I will give them credit for that. But there certainly hasn't been a big unified voice behind it. A lot of the excuses are, well, you know, he supports women's causes. He apologized and she accepted, da-da-da. And the, you know, the old whataboutism, well, Roy Moore hasn't even admitted to what he done, he's done, which, again, Al Franken also hasn't admitted to everything that Leanne Tweeden alleged. But we're just going to go ahead, and because Leanne Tweeden accepted his apology and Al Franken is a big supporter of women's causes, yeah, you know, if there's a little collateral damage, but Leanne Tweeden's cool with it, then we should be too. I mean, this is the this is the attitude that's being taken, and again, there's no upside to it for progressives and Democrats. And far be it for me to tell progressives and Democrats to to steer away from making a big mistake, but it's a lot more than just politics here, folks. These are human beings' lives who have been traumatized for decades, who have felt shamed into silence, and are now finally feeling the ability to be emboldened and come forward. This is what we should be focused on. All politics should be put aside here. And by the way, uh, speaking of Bill Clinton, last night he and Hillary and, and their campaign guy, James Carville, celebrated uh, Bill Clinton's 25th anniversary being elected president. Boy, is that some chutzpah? With everything that's coming out about Clinton, with everybody talking about how they want to hold Bill Clinton to a reckoning, including a lot of left-wing publications, 
He's going to come out there and say, well, look what I did, <laughs> how I really changed the, uh, uh, the mindset of policy and, and, and really got progressive policies going in this country. <laughs> yeah, so that, that takes some chutzpah right there. And by the way, speaking of, uh, uh, of victim shaming, or as, or as commonly called slut shaming, when Paula Jones came forward about her allegations against Bill Clinton, you know how James Carville, a.k.a. Serpent Head, came out there and said, boy, you never know what you're going to get when you wave a $20 bill around a trailer park. Real classy, real classy. So uh, not only should be Bill Clinton be held to account, also his enablers. And, by, and this, this is also what makes no sense, is this seems to be a setup for Trump because there are a lot of people, there are a, lot of, there are a good number of women who have alleged Trump uh, went ahead with some unwanted advances. And combine that with the Access Hollywood tape where Trump is basically talking about perpetrating a sexual assault, okay, uh, these women are going to probably be pretty believable. So they want to give Bill Clinton his day of reckoning because if they go after Trump, people are going to say, well, you can be all indignant all you want and you can try to get on some moral high horse all you want, but the fact that you let Bill Clinton skate by because he was a, a huge supporter for feminist causes, uh, you, have no, you're, you have no moral authority here. Okay? So to avoid that, they want, to ha- they want Bill Clinton to have his day of reckoning, but for some reason... Uh, Al Franken, a worthless, uh, has been worthless in, since day one. All he's been is a rubber stamp for progressive causes in the U.S. Senate, which, again, if he resigns tomorrow, you're just going to get another one of those. Because on an interim basis, Mark Dayton will undoubtedly appoint a progressive. So there's no upside to it. Uh, before we go to break, I do want to take this call. Uh, line one, Mark in St. Louis Park. My, uh, Mark, I appreciate your patience. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Oh, thanks for taking my call, Brad. Just a couple things before I get to Frank. And um, the reason Trump hasn't tweeted about more, obviously, because he might win. Unfortunately, so True. as far as Clinton goes, they're out of power now. So these fake, these fake fraud feminists can say whatever they want. Yep. Clintons are out of power. Yep. But the reason, the reason I call about Franken is, you have a guy who is uh, putting his hands on a female on her breasts without her consent. Mm-hmm. Now, I get the statute of limitations. You can't prosecute that probably because of the statute of limitations. But the, the act itself to me is that's a sexual assault in probably yes. any jurisdiction in the country. Right. I, you can't prosecute it, I'm sure, because of statute of limitations. Even if she's willing to forgive sexual assault, domestic violence type crimes, you go to jail automatically now you know, right. uh, on a lot of these, especially the domestic violence type stuff and the sexual assault crimes. Uh, the, the victim doesn't have a say in it. So I guess my point is the act itself is an assault, a sexual assault. Whether you can prosecute that because of sexual limitations, I get that. Probably not. But it's an assault. And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Mark. Thanks, as always, for listening in and for calling. Yeah, you know, this is, again, Kyle Smith. I read his piece at National Review Online. This is something that's going to be trotted out there. If Democrat elected officials... And supporters alike continue to circle to circle the wagons around Franken. They're not going to have any moral authority if Roy Moore is elected to the Senate. And I'm on record as saying right now, I find his accusers believable. Especially the young lady who, when she was 14 and Roy Moore was 32 years old, and, well, he groped her. And she was 14 years old, well below the age of consent. All right? Disgusting. And... Mark alluded to a statute of limitations. I imagine it's passed on that as well. But still, it doesn't erase the behavior. And again, it's become kind of a he said, she said game. But I got to tell you, Roy Moore has not acquitted himself well at all. 
nor nor the people who have surrounded him. And I, I can't tell you how absolutely heartbroken I was to read a, a tweet put out by uh, Franklin, the Reverend uh, Franklin Graham, of course, his uh, father, uh, the legendary Billy Graham, who's been kind of the uh, uh, the spiritual advisor for uh, every president, I believe, going back to Eisenhower. And right up until, I don't think he was a spiritual advisor for uh, Obama, though. But Franklin Graham basically came out and called people in Washington, D.C. Uh, a bunch of hypocrites because they're supporting people and covering for people whose behavior is a lot worse than Roy Moore. Yeah, here it is. I'll, I'll find the tweet. The hypocrisy of Washington has no bounds. So many denouncing Roy Moore when they are guilty of doing much worse than what he has be, been accused of supposedly doing. Shame on those hypocrites. What? Who is guilty of worse than, let's call it what it is, statutory rape? That's what he's accused of. Who's done worse than that? Who's been alleged to have done worse than that? Violating kids? I'm, i got to tell you, there isn't too much worse than that, and I haven't heard of much worse than that. There's some disgusting things, allegations coming out of Washington. That much is true, but worse than statutory rape? Franklin Graham? Oh, it broke my heart to see that. And this this could be a whole other show uh, in the future, but how some of our spiritual leaders have come out and basically given cover to some of these individuals who've committed these heinous and disgusting immoral acts, uh, I, I, I'm, I can't be a part of it. You know, I'm conservative. I vote right of center. I typically vote for the Republican on the ballot, but if supporting Republicans means turning a blind eye to these indiscretions while... while uh, shouting to the hills what Democrats have done, this whataboutism game, if that's what this entails, count me out. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Count me out. Not interested in that. I'm sorry. There are things more important than politics. I know I have a political talk show, and that may sound blasphemous, talking on a political talk show, but for me personally, my personal worldview, count me out. I, I am not going to turn a blind eye to these disgusting acts. That includes, especially includes Roy Moore. If Roy Moore loses next month, well, then, you know what? Those who were opposing him should have better done a better job of digging up this Apple research and get Luther Strange as the preferable GOP candidate. But now he's the candidate. Roy Moore's the candidate. Won't step aside. We need to take our lumps and lose that seat. And that's probably what will happen. And the people who were involved in this campaign will have deserved it. So, anyways, uh, again, I appreciate uh, Mark's phone call. Uh, yeah, let's get to some local politics. Uh, talk about some legal stuff. I. Well, maybe legal, some legal cases I feel like they need to take a shower afterwards, but hopefully not as bad in this case. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. It is me, Brad Carlson, coming up with one final segment here on the Northern Alliance Trading Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. If you're like most people near retirement, you're concerned about running out of money before you run out of life. Hugh Hewitt here with Sheila Frank from Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. Sheila, it's a real fear among people. You know, Hugh, it really is. The people I talk to are really afraid and wonder how they're going to replace that income and protect the lifestyle that they've worked so hard to create. What's the one crucial thing that people need to consider, Sheila? Hugh, it's really about how are they going to generate income in addition to their Social Security to ensure that they don't have to change their lifestyle that they've worked so hard to accomplish. Are you 100% confident that your money will last as long as you do? Call Sheila Franks at Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors. 
Sheila will help you create a blueprint for income for the rest of your life. Listen to Sheila's radio show Saturdays at 7 a.m. on The Patriot. Call her here at 763-545-5555. Hugh Hewitt is a paid spokesperson and is not a client of Lifestyle Financial and Tax Advisors or Global Financial Private Capital. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe BB boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-422-3838 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Melberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-422-3838. That's 800-422-3838. Employees of J.D. Melberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. When you're in pain, you need the Good Feet Store. Don't suffer from foot pain, sore ankles, tired legs, achy back and hips, or sore knees. Go to the Good Feet Store for your no-obligation, custom-fitting, and immediately feel the difference. The Good Feet Arch Support System is designed to put your feet in an ideal position, redistribute body weight more evenly, and help relieve pain and stress. With over 350 styles and sizes to relieve your pain. This is Michael Medved, and I wear my Good Feet Arch Support System in all of my shoes. I'm told they even work in high heels. I don't have experience with that. If you have stress, if you have tension, pressure, or pain in your back, hip, knees, ankles, or feet, call for your appointment, 855-554-3338. For your no-obligation fitting, you can use your flex spending accounts and most health savings accounts, too. Visit one of the three Good Feet locations, Bloomington, Maple Grove, and the brand-new store in Maplewood. Thanks to the Good Feet store. Hey, welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with the final segment on the broadcast. We'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. You too, huh, Billy? (laughs) Hey, one final segment on the broadcast. Like I mentioned, I did want to get to this issue uh, regarding the Supreme Court of Minnesota upholding Governor Mark Dayton's veto of the Minnesota State Legislature's legislature's operating budget. Uh, this is from the Minneapolis, or excuse me, the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Is that, that my source on this? Yeah, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, it was a five-to-one decision that handed the Democratic governor a major legal victory as he seeks to roll back Republican-backed tax breaks and other measures he opposed but signed into law anyways this spring as part of a new state budget. And it, ah, I see the old, I signed it, but I didn't know what was in it trick. He's pulled that, I don't know how many times in his seven years of governor, as governor. I, I've never, I've lived in the state, well, my entire life, and I've never recalled a governor that was that less engaged and erratic and bumbling than this one. It, stupefying. Anyways, <clears throat> I digress. And it left the legislature on uncertain financial footing. Dayton welcomed the ruling while GOP lawmakers expressed dismay. The ruling overturned a lower court decision that deemed Dayton's action unconstitutional. 
But the high court said the state constitution does not allow the courts to order funding for the legislature without an appropriation. And it said the legislature has the authority to tap enough money to continue operating at least $26 million and up to $40 million until it reconvenes February 20th. So it rejected the argument that Dayton violated the Constitution by effectively abolishing the legislature. Now, again, I can't emphasize enough, I say it every time I talk about legal stuff on this show, that I am the furthest thing from a legal beagle. But the question I have is, shouldn't there be some scrutiny as to why Dayton vetoed the items he did? I mean, he basically said back in May that the legislative funding that he vetoed it can be restored if legislators return to negotiating terms of a bill that he signed. So it seems to me that a government executive using coercive tactics could give the impression that eh, one is abusing his power, can it not? So why was there no action on that? A friend of the broadcast, uh, Harry Niska, wrote a uh, piece at AmericanExperiment.org talking about uh, this case in particular. And specifically, he uh, addressed Justice G. Barry Anderson's dissenting opinion. In fact, it was a five to one in favor of Governor Dayton. Obviously, uh, Justice Anderson was the only dissenting opinion with Justice Strauss recusing himself from this case. Uh, Justice G. Barry Anderson wrote a powerful dissenting opinion, arguing that the line item vetoes did functionally abolish the legislative branch, and they were undertaken in order to unconstitutionally coerce another branch of government. He disagrees with the majority's application of judicial restraint because, quote, concerns about executive overreach are neither a recent development nor unique to the current dispute. And failing to act here permanently tilts the balance of powers in favor of the executive. Yeah, so there you have it. So much for three co-equal branches of government, executive, legislative, and judicial, right? I mean, I guess we're in a monarchy now. If If the executive doesn't like what's in the bill... Basically says, well, I don't like what's in this bill, so I, but, I'll, but I'll go ahead and sign it, but I'll get rid of your pay, uh, the uh, operating budget, unless you come back to the table and negotiate. To which, uh, in the initial Supreme Court ruling, the legislature did come back and negotiate with Governor Dayton, and then he stormed out after one of the negotiating sessions. You know, our perpetually petulant governors, I like to call it. Anyways, to continue with Harry Niska's piece at AmericanExperiment.org, uh, Justice Anderson also rejects the majority's efforts to, quote, push the legislative bankruptcy date to sometime after the commencement of the 2018 legislative session, close quote. Writing that, <clears throat> excuse me, quote, these discussions about what loose change can be found and when it can be spent to keep the legislature operating are interesting, but ultimately irrelevant. As a result, he would conclude that the governor's post-session line-item vetoes of the entire appropriations for the legislature effectively abolished an independent branch of our government and therefore violated Article 3 of the Minnesota Constitution. And another point I'd like to bring up, what's to say, you know, what's, what's going to be the objection then if there's ever... So for those, by the way, for those leftists who are jumping up and down like poo-flinging monkeys rejoicing over this decision on behalf of their Democrat governor. What's to say that if a Republican governor is ever elected again in the state, that he or she doesn't pull the same tactic to get more amenable concessions from a DFL-controlled legislature? Doesn't this seem like a dangerous precedent to set? So basically, excuse me, the... uh, 
the judicial branch is coming out and flat out saying, well, you know, uh, yeah, there probably is some question and maybe even some validity that the governor is attempting to uh, coerce the legislature. But, um, yeah, they, they need to work that out. They, they need to kind of resolve their differences. I, I, you know, again, I, I'm no legal mind. I'm like, what am I missing here? So I, I kind of jotted these thoughts down and then read Harry's piece at AmericanExperiment.org. And basically, that's what Harry had written here. And that's what he also tweeted. Is that, yeah, they, they, it kind of looks like there may be some impropriety here. But, you know, we're not, we're not going to rule on that. So apparently the governor's statement back in May wasn't a mitigating factor here. In fact, I've got uh, from the end of May, this past May, um, Dayton, yeah, I'll read part of the NPR bill after Dayton pulled this down. He says, Dayton added by signing the bill, he was protecting funding for the Minnesota Department of Revenue. Uh, he chastised Republican lawmakers for uh, adding when he called a poison pill provision uh, to a bill that would have eliminated all M, uh, Minnesota Department of Revenue funding if it were killed, a move the governor described as a reprehensible sneak attack. So, uh, yeah. So when when asked about slashing legislative funding, Dayton told reporters, well, they can come back and get it restored. That sounds like the textbook definition of coercion. If they want it restored, hey, they can come back and get it restored. Just got to come back to the negotiating table so we can get some of these other items uh, revised kind of smacks of a, uh, hey, nice operating budget you have there, legislature. Be ashamed if something happened to it. Anyways, I'm out. Next Sunday, my friend and colleague Mitch Berg is in for me next Sunday right here, AM 1280 The Patriot. Godspeed, my friends. Have a blessed Thanksgiving week, blessed holiday with your family. Talk to you in a couple weeks. We have a winner. And that winner could be you. The Patriot is giving away $20 to Dick's Sporting Goods, and it's easy to enter. Just go to am1280thepatriot.com, click Dick Sporting Goods Contest, and sign up for the Patriot Newsletter. Simply fill out the form. You'll be signed up and be in the know on station events, contests, news, and you might score 20 bucks to Dick Sporting Goods. Must be 18 or older to enter. The world of business and finance is constantly changing. How are you keeping up with all the information? Most likely, you're not. Checking websites, writing emails, making phone calls, checking more websites, and still not finding what you need to know. But it has to be out there somewhere. Well, it is. Business 1440 is your on-air guide through the fast-paced business landscape. What you want to know, when you want to know it. Up-to-the-minute business and financial news on Business 1440. Stream online at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days, people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. 
Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd, only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. This is AM 1280. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.